Thank you for calling MJH Insurance and Financial Services. If you wish to dial through to one of our agents, press 101 for Sean, 102 for Kim, or... Hey, is this Joey? Sean, it's Joey Jingle. How you doing? Great. How about yourself? This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. I've started doing that, and I started doing a shout, like a little, I call it Minute with Shout. Like my friends always call me Shout. So I do like a little spiel about whatever, answering whatever question it is that, that I get asked. So like, I just started this on Monday. So today's episode number four, uh, and I'm going to do it five days a week. And I think that's going to help a little bit with just overall awareness, but I think turning that also into uh, like written blog content too, I, I think will help as well. Yeah, except that last part though. We'll get that in a second. That's my buddy, Sean Halpin of MJ8 Insurance in Gardner, Kansas. And a minute with Shalp and okay, yes. Uh, you know, doing it five days a week breeds familiarity, getting on top of the thing and, and just doing it over and over again. And, and like Sean said, suggested, hey, he's just going to demonstrate his expertise, create awareness and all of that good stuff. And yes, it certainly will. Um, the last part, though, uh, by taking that minute and turning it into a blog post, that's going to be a little tricky er, and this is where um, you know, the content game is interesting in, in today's kind of landscape. And it really depends on which one you think you want to play and or might be most beneficial to your agency because the, the minute question and answer, right? Just the question Sean's getting, a- getting asked and he's just going to answer, he's going to put it up there. You know, again, that's something that is just constantly going to be in front of them. That's like a, a, a you know, it's like running water, right? And that kind of stuff will be best suited for, you know, social media, right? That's something that you would see on Facebook a minute, you know, question, answer. You know, again, you could target that on Facebook. You know, what is that? You know, what is the question? Who is it addressing? Who do you ultimately want to buy? Where do you want to sell? You know, who do you want to sell to? Where are they living? All of those things. And you can run that one minute. That's a good hook, right? Assuming it's a strong minute, you know, that's the type of stuff. That's kind of the strategy involved there is, is if you want to pay to get that out there, that's, that's great. Uh, a minute, you know, as far as like a, you know, YouTube video or a, a video that's going to be found, um, you know, maybe, maybe this is my personal opinion, observation uh, on, you know, the length of content. And, and we're going to get into this, I guess, a little bit. Uh, you know, I personally will not watch like I, if sometimes content is too short, right? If I'm and this is back to the uh, seeking it out, like going to find it, like deliberately having intention to go find an answer to a problem or having something just come to you. Uh, you know, when things are coming to you in a, in a stream or a feed of some kind, that's when, you know, 
you see, you know, that's when the duration is going to impact your decision because you're like, hey, listen, I didn't really expect this thing. I really wasn't looking to spend this much amount of time being distracted by the thing that I shouldn't have opened in the first place. But you got a shot, right? Because it's only a minute, because it's a minute and a half or whatever, you've got a shot to, to hold their attention for that duration because it's not that big of a time commitment. It gets your foot in in their kind of um, thought door, sure. And that's a whole different experience than I'm going to create something that is robust enough, valuable enough to where they're going to search for it and then actively click on it go seek out that information because if it's again if it's if it's, if it's a minute or less and again if it's like a youtube video i'm like man am i going to learn enough am i going to waste enough time am i going to am i going to give that minute and not really get my full answer i want the full answer right the full answer is three minutes then i will gladly give you the three minutes but i don't want to waste you know, two or three one minute videos that only give me, you know, 10% of the answer or whatever the situation is. And I think that's, I think that's, I kind of went off on a tangent there. I kind of, I kind of just went off, um, you know, but I think the one thing to keep in mind out of everything, you know, is you're really not going to know any of this until you give it a try. And I thought kind of going off of that, like the verses, I, I think, well, the strategy that I've kind of thought about, and maybe you could tell me if it's a good idea or a bad idea, is to, to do the verses with like auto owners versus farmers. I think it's a great idea, but I can also think of a couple of people who, who don't think it's a good idea. Uh, and I just don't know that, I don't know that the, I don't know that our industry is ready for such crazy ideas. Because, yeah, all right, Sean, so you've got auto owners, that's great, but you know, obviously you don't have farmers, and that's where things get a little tricky. And I, th I think it is a good idea, and now this is, you know, Sean's jumping, you know, shifting gears a little bit, talking about the whole versus post, and whether or not he should, he should do a comparison auto owners versus farmers, and... Uh, Again, that's a it's a those are pretty big companies. If it does catch, you're going to be looking at you know people across the country and in pretty high volumes finding that video and or article and looking to compare those two companies, and and that's a good thing. But you better be able to handle the response from that video if you want to, right? If it does catch, if it does rank, if people do see it if people do read it and then they ultimately start taking the cost actions that you will hopefully have embedded in there then you you want to be ready to deal with that problem that's something that you might not anticipate but it is very powerful i just don't know i've tried personally uh with a couple of companies and again maybe i just i didn't run it up the flagpole i'd be interested be curious if I if I suggested some things to the people that I know now at certain companies to see exactly what kind of buy-in we could get on this now that things are changing. And if we could sort of maybe kind of push that forward for everybody underneath that, that's a that's an interesting idea. I'll see if I remember that one. Somebody remind me about that. JoeyAgencyNation.com. If you think if you think we should maybe do that, just kind of collective like like approval like for these types of of, of formats. Anyways. Um, where it really gets tricky is when you start talking about a company that you don't represent. I think that's one of the most valuable things. Like that's one of the biggest things that we could do from a competitive advantage, uh, just from a, like a, being a responsible agent 
thing. I don't know that, I don't know that people, I don't know if it's in our best interest, right? Because we might have some sort of, you know, we don't represent farmers or whatever the, the, you know, the captive company is. Um, but you can, you know, I mean, again, a versus article might be a little bit different because you really have to go in depth on each, you know, company. You can't get away with, Hey, farmers is a pretty great company. They usually offer pretty great rates. Um, and you might want to consider them, right? You just can't give four lines, three or four lines of, a and call that a versus post, right? It's gotta be pretty extensive. It's gotta really break things down how they compare to, you know, the other carrier in question in this case, in this example, auto owners. Um, and, and then you would, you would need to do that, but because you don't represent farmers. And even again, I would imagine auto owners might have something to say about it. So that's where you want to double check with the people involved always, always, always. But I also would, uh, whenever this comes up, I do like to just kind of suggest, just remind the parties involved, usually the carriers that again, the, these questions are being asked by people that want to buy insurance. And if we're not the ones providing the answers, then who is, and where do we ultimately want the business to go? Are the questions that we need to ask ourselves, uh, because the longer we sit on the sidelines and watch other people do this, we got a bunch of, you know, unqualified, unlicensed kind of armchair insurance agents, keyboard insurance agents out there who, you know, they spent, you know, one week, two years ago dealing with this thing and they're on whatever name your site, even maybe something like Quora, where they're providing just their firsthand account. And that is, you know, kind of extrapolated out across the people, I guess the country, people looking for that information. And regardless of how relevant or irrelevant it might be, uh, we've kind of let that void exist. We've let other things fill the gap and it's kind of our job maybe, I think, uh, to do that. Because, you know, it is one of our greatest advantages if, if we actually take advantage of it. So like targeting on Facebook or something, I could, I could target farmers, those who like farmers, and maybe make that in like a video format. But do I have a lot to say about farmers? Would that look bad if, I, if I'm talking about a company that I, don't, that I don't work with or I don't know a whole lot about farmers, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Sean, and maybe I got a little bit ahead of myself there in that last clip. And I guess the, the question, you know, that we didn't necessarily answer is, would it look bad? We, we kind of addressed it. Is are the carriers necessarily ready for it? Um, you know, again, I don't think it looks bad necessarily. I have, you know, in health insurance, uh, best of articles and such. I've never really compared a company that I I, I haven't been able to, you know, actually. Um, do business with, but I have mentioned other companies briefly in best of this of, you know, just my general, you know, knowledge of the company and why, you know, I don't think they would be a good fit if, um, you know, if somebody didn't need to go with them, obviously health insurance is a little different, you know, you kind of just always have access to all the companies if you want to. Uh, versus the PNC where I guess my point is, is if you think somebody's a valid option and you don't have them, there's nothing wrong with saying that if anything, it builds more trust and it's getting you in front of them before anybody else. So you're going to give yourself first crack, even if, you know, 
they're dead set on XYZ insurance company, which they're not because they were looking for the best of list anyways. Uh, but if you're the one telling them that that might be a viable option, uh, even if you can't sell them again, just gaining so much more trust, I don't think it's something to be afraid of, but I don't think it's also something that looks bad. If you're talking about that company, again, always just disclosing your, you know, level of knowledge and familiarity with such things. Um, just saying, listen, this is what I've been able to observe just as a, you know, kind of third party person, much like you would as a consumer, you know, you're basically going to be able to have as much information as a consumer and you can do research. You can talk with agents that have that company. You can probably even talk to that company yourself, find out a little more information. Again, this is all pie in the sky because I don't think we're there yet. This is again, full disclaimer, uh, please don't necessarily do any of this without checking with anybody of authority first. I don't want anybody to lose any licenses, but this is, again, this is the type of information that people are looking for. This is the type of information that the internet has, um, created an expectation should exist on almost any type of buying experience. The problem, the question, the challenge to us is, is if we are ultimately going to be willing and able to meet it. At the risk of sounding absurdly ungrateful, there's just something that happens from time to time that is very weird and uncomfortable. I'm really not sure how to handle it in most cases. That's when, that's when somebody asks, my address because they want to send something obviously that's like great and fantastic most of the time it's like hey cool somebody cares enough they're thoughtful enough to actually want to physically put something in the mail and 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 send it to me like usually that involves spending money or like time and i mean i just i don't do anything in the mail like i just wish it didn't exist and every time like i actually have to put something in the mail like why is this still a thing why can't i just teleport stuff like it shouldn't exist but then it gets weird because you have power in the situation. I feel uncomfortable like receiving free things. It's kind of weird. And I was like, well, if I give you my address, then I'm like acting like, oh yes, please, more free things. Please just give me stuff. I just want it. But then if I don't, it's like, haha, I don't have to give it. <sighs> but then the worst, the worst, the worst thing of it all is this, is you're like, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to give this up. It's, I don't, I appreciate it, but it's, it's completely unnecessary. But then you give the address and nothing shows up. And it's like, well, wait, a, wait a second. What do I do? Because they said they were going to send something and it didn't show up. So you like follow up and be like, hey, yo, that free thing that I was like, like uncomfortable getting in the first place never came. I don't want you to send it again, but if it didn't get here, like if it's lost, if they just decided, nah, he's not worth it. Oh, it's just so much unnecessary anxiety for me around stuff. I truly appreciate it, like all of it. It's just, it's just a weird, weird occurrence. I don't. Do you have that problem from time to time? You know, people you meet, like they just want to send you some stuff, and, and then it's like, yeah, you, you wanted my address, but nothing ever happened with it. And then you just wonder, like, I check for like some type of like, you know, mail bomb or something. I don't know. I mean, a trade agency. That was that was way too long. That was way too long to talk about that. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever said in consecutive order. Joey at If you want to share your thoughts, opinions, concerns, 
about being a ungrateful male receiver person for free. And speaking of always being grateful, head on over to agencynation.com slash newsletter and jump on the newsletter. Grab the emails, hang out with me on Sunday morning. Something you will, I think, always be grateful for and something you can just willingly opt into receiving and I think enjoy and your life will be better. It'll always show up, I promise. It'll always show up. Agencynation.com slash newsletter.